now I'm in this point of like, how do I learn more, understand how do I preserve this part of my identity and maybe pass down to my kids one day, make sure it's continued on. Hi, my name is Leslie Nguyen. My Vietnamese name is Phuong. I'm the author of a new kids book called Two Refugees in a Dream, which is about a common journey of the Vietnamese refugee experience. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that today. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. Thank you for coming on. What has it meant to be Vietnamese to you all these years? That journey has looked um, pretty different when I dissect part of my life, like as a kid, what that looked like and meant for me. And then all the way up into my 20s and 30s, I think I'm in a very different place when I think about being Vietnamese American. I was born in the States. Both my parents were uh, came from Vietnam. I, um, I grew up in a suburb outside the 626 area. I grew up in Diamond Bar. My parents did, I think, a really great job when it came to exposing me to um, Vietnamese culture and different traditions. Like we, I feel like every week we're going to someone's um, house to celebrate, you know, an elder or relative's um, death anniversary. We're booming all the time. Um, Vietnamese was my first language as well. Um, up the way until kindergarten, that's when I switched over to English. Um, I went to temple, Sunday school. I learned Vietnamese. Um, but I also think like as a kid, uh, a part of me felt like I kept those two identities different. You know, there is part of me where I was Vietnamese at home, I felt comfortable and safe. And the other part when I came to school, for example, um, I didn't necessarily feel like I was always excited to tell people I was Vietnamese or when people asked like what my last name was, did I have a Vietnamese first name? There is definitely incidents where I felt embarrassed or a little nervous to tell them because I also have some own experiences where people made fun of my last name and you know like it's a common thing I think back then um so I I feel like as a kid I kept those two identities different and then in my preteens there is definitely part of my life where you know, I, I think a lot about it now of like, why did I want to be so far removed from my culture? Um, I, I don't remember like the exact date, but there was a clear moment when someone commented on me being banana, like you're yellow on the outside and like white on the inside. And I think back then I was like, cool, that's a compliment. Um, and when I like dig deeper now and like think through why that is, um, you know, I think through like, the media, what we see on TV, yeah. I think for me, um, I wanted to be, quote, normal um, and be American. And at that time, I didn't, you know, fully embrace my Vietnamese culture and heritage. It wasn't until I would say I got older post high school. Um, I surrounded myself with certain friends and like I dig deeper into what it meant to be Vietnamese. Um I knew my parents both came from Vietnam, but it wasn't until much later. I was like, oh, this is like what their experience was like coming here. Um, I had no idea my parents like were in refugees camp for X amount of time. Um, and just asking those like questions, like I think where I am now today, I'm in a different place, really embracing my Vietnamese heritage and culture. And um, now I'm in this point of like, how do I learn more and like understand like how do I 
um, preserve this part of my identity and like, what would it look like to, you know, maybe pass down to my kids one day and like, make sure it's continued on. Um, why do you, why do you think we as humans have such a need to keep these stories from the past alive? Like you just said that you want to bring this to your kids and why is that important to you? Yeah, I think for me, um, knowing where I come from is just something I I really value. Um, I think history connects us to, um, you know, like understanding like who we are as people, um, the values that we have, the characteristics, understanding why we are the way we are. Um, There's a fine line, right? I do believe like the characteristics and values my parents have, you know, I have at the same time that doesn't define like my own future, but I think it's really important to understand that part of ourselves. Um, and also celebrating, you know, experiences that my parents, my grandparents have been through. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the more people like, us sit and dig deep into our our past it's it it goes into eternity it's crazy how much information and stories are are available that happened i mean it's like infinity time is infinity and so Mm -hmm. the more you dig through all of these things the more you're like whoa that is why i am the way i am today yeah Yeah. And I think like as a kid, right, we see, or for me, I I saw my parents one way. Um, They were my parents and it wasn't until high school or college, I was like, whoa, they had this whole other life before they had kids. And like, who are they as people? What did they study growing up? What was their life like in Vietnam before becoming parents? Um, So it's really interesting when you like dig deeper and like understand that part of our elders and history. Yeah, some of my friends are very um, city people. They're very uh, cosmopolitan. They know every restaurant in the city, you know, whether it's New York or LA or Chicago, San Francisco. They know every, uh, all of these details. But then you dig a little deeper and their parents were like farmers in the Mekong, right? Mm-hmm. You're, like, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like to have like the offspring of, of these people who are coming from like these uh, very uh, farm communities uh, by the Mekong. And then like you take it a step further, um, which is what I'm going through right now. There's this um, um, issue with the Mekong Delta. The water that comes from that is the main source of the Yangtze river up in China. And that's being blocked like with dams and, you know, all this like Chinese, like, blockage and stuff like that which is affecting mm-hmm. and then like you, you and then you look at the instagram of these kids that are you know children from the descendants of these areas and you're like they have no idea like that's happening in vietnam right now and it's going to uh, choke off generations in the future of water or you know it's going to create arid land it's going to create it's going to kill farming for all of these people and then their offspring is like partying, you know, going to nightclubs and having like, so it's like, it's, it, it's all related and it's all connective. And if we don't do the job of like digging the way you did with your family's history, um, we are oblivious to past, present and future. 
um, mm -hmm. things that affect us. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot about, um, yeah, just the importance of understanding the history um, and that kind of connects to like the, the inspiration of like why I wrote the kids book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a war going on in Ukraine, you know, and there's so many millions of people being displaced as refugees throughout the world right now, you know? Yeah. What, what do you think of all of that as a child of refugees um, when you think of their children or their future children? Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy to think that we're still living in this type of yeah. history. Um, it's really sad whenever I think about it. And, you know, there is a moment of like one week where I just, you know, it was all over my, my newsfeed and like just reading about it was really, really sad. Um, and I remember, I think a lot of Vietnamese people who went through the experience of, you know, escaping war related to it, um, it connected to my parents. Um, I think a lot about it. It's crazy to me because like, uh, like, I don't want to get into like the topic of war and like why it happens between countries, but it, the impact it has isn't just like those refugees, it's like generations to come yeah. and like the trauma that comes with those refugees and like how that will impact, um, you know, their kids and it's like a generational impact. Um, and then I, I was also listening to this other podcast about how there's like going to be a food short and like how it connects yeah. with other countries. And um, it's really, really unfortunate. And, um, you know, these people, this is their last option, right? Like they have no other choice to like to do this. Um, and I, I connect that back to, you know, what my parents chose to do, because for a while it's like, wow, you like left at 20. Like, what was I doing at 18, 20? Yeah. Like, I couldn't even understand the amount of courage it took the sacrifice um my dad saying like yeah there, there was a strong chance i didn't know if i was i was gonna make it but that was my only choice back then like what what am i gonna do um and i think it, for my generation we can't we, we, yeah it's yeah and and when i was a young uh, kid and i used to hear my dad or you know uncles talk about this i used to get so frustrated i'm like it's not mm. my, it's not my story. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I don't give yeah. a shit what you went through. That's not my issue, you know, but, but God, as a, as an adult and, you know, being way past 20 years old or 28 years old, you know, like our mm -hmm. fathers mm -hmm. you realize like the type of thinking, you know, if people, when people read your book, they'll realize like your father made the decision. That's, you know, it's like, it's today when you put yourself as a, as an American Vietnamese American and put yourself in these shoes of, of, our, of our parents. Yeah. It's bizarre to think about like a 20 year old kid having to mm -hmm. make a decision to hop on a boat that he doesn't even have a ticket to get onto that boat. And he just snuck yeah. on. And, and this is not, some isolated story. I, you know, I've heard this over and over and over some 15 year old kid, 18 year old kid, 20 year old kid, just getting on a boat um, that they just see people packing up, you know, packing up and they just hop on the boat and they hide somewhere, you know, and, and they, yep. they go on this journey. Yep. Yeah. And I think um, to your point, it, it's going back to like what we're seeing currently, right? It's yeah. crazy that there's also 
this happening in other countries. Um, and I, I think it's important to, you know, reflect and open this dialogue. And um, yes, our parents went through it. And for my generation and like my siblings, we can't fathom, but it's also like now thinking about like, wow, this is actually happening today. Um, and depending on like your surrounding and zip code, you might come across people who are, you know, going through a similar of like acclimating to a new country, recently came here, um, and what that means for them, and hopefully making that connection of like, oh, this is, you know, my parents went through it too. And um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not uh, fully, fully, fully aware or educated on the result of 46 years later of the war in Vietnam and the refugees. And, you know, I, I'm sure there's poverty, there's deep poverty um, in a lot of corners of the United States and the world that that produced uh, the, these people, these refugees after the war. But at the same yeah. time, there's a lot of good stories, um, a lot of overwhelmingly good stories of like refugees becoming these amazing people. And mm -hmm. people who write about it, like Viet Thanh Nguyen, um, mm. you know, it documents these, uh, these ideas of, uh, refugee, um, movements and, you know, a lot of good comes out of, you know, these, these, um, the, the, the refugee story and yeah. displacement and, you know, maybe it's just a part of like tectonic shifts in the earth's, you know, plates and, you know, new things huh. come about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not all bad and it's not all good. And I get, I think that's why we're here. What yep. um, inspired you to write this book uh, in a children's book form? Yeah. And that's something I had to go through. Like, you know, I did my own reflection when I, when I think about the topic of war and um, you know, the refugee experience and, having that dialogue, I know, um, can trigger a lot of certain emotions, talking to my parents, my elders. Um, and it's not the easiest conversation to have um, with a kid. Uh, so I was like, oh, should this be a kid's book? Like, it, it's a tough topic to, to dive into. Um, but I was really passionate to still do a kid's book, because um, I just think it, it can spark really meaningful conversations between um, like parents and kids and just generations within family to have that open dialogue. Um, I think kids are very resilient themselves, you know, they're very curious and um, just having that kind of opens their eyes and understanding to also um, current events like we, we talked about and making that connection can be pretty powerful. Um, and it's a chance to, you know, like understand family history more. And that's something um, from the start of what inspired me to write this book was to, um, you know, have this be something we pass down in our family and, and, you know, remember what my parents went through. Yeah, I think it's awesome that it's a children's book because I have uh, a three and a five year old right now. And um, I can't wait till they get to a little bit older. I'm going to bust the book out and, you know, explain to them like this is sort of, you know, what. I went through, you know, mm -hmm. and um, half, you know, their, their mother's side is Taiwanese and, you know, their father's mm -hmm. side is obviously Vietnamese, like, you know, yeah. but the, the story of, um, you know, this mass exodus is um, very, it's, it's very common. It's very yeah. common in the world. And yeah. it's, you know, we have a unique history in that it happened in 1975 between, you know, um, 
our 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 journey was between Vietnam and the U.S. But you know, um, you take it five thousand mm-hmm. years ago. There's you know, I just went to a Passover dinner uh, last week. We're in the middle of Passover uh, season of the Jewish uh, religion, mm-hmm. and sitting in that for a few hours, listening to the exodus of the Jews coming out of Egypt and the slavery, you're like, wait, this shit was going on thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. And they recall this every year. The Jews talk about this journey every year. So watching you recount this in your own story and your own family is, you know, that, that's why I asked you that. I was like, one of the first questions I asked you after, you know, what does it mean to be Vietnamese? Why do you think we as humans have such a, a need to keep these stories from the past alive? And, and it's important because it, it gives us um, comfort knowing yeah. that whatever we're going through is really nothing compared to past generations of of their struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I often, you know, when I'm going through my own, like, you know, stressful week, stressful day. And then um, I think through what my parents been through, I'm like, Oh, I should not be even (laughs) complaining. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Our hardest day is not even their shittiest day in the ocean. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was your process um, in collecting the stories for the book? Um, it was definitely a long process. Um, I actually had this idea, like I think back in 2015 or 2016. Um, and it was a few years of me just interviewing my parents and, um, starting to capture and like, I had this really messy Google doc of scripting out this timeline of sequential dates. And, um, yeah, just looking back at all my (laughs) Google docs that I had for this book. Um, the process was, uh, uh, you know, slow, but also it, it took time. It's something that I learned through this process was it's not the easiest thing to talk about for my parents. Like growing up as a kid, um, they they told me that they came from Vietnam, but they didn't really share like the why and like the emotion didn't come out until later. Um, I, I can't speak for all Vietnamese refugees, but like my parents, I think it's a part of their life they don't talk about often, right? And there is valid reason for why they don't bring up that part that was that was so bad for them. Um, so I remember just being in the kitchen over like intimate family dinners with my aunt and my mom and, you know, while they were cooking and they felt comfortable, that was when I felt like it was right to start asking these questions. And over time, you know, random phone calls to my dad of asking him like, oh, like, what were the jobs that you worked while you were here? And, um, you know, uncovering the details. And over time, I, I just threw it into a book. And they didn't know that you were putting a book together throughout the whole time, right? Didn't no, they ever, actually, yeah. Didn't, didn't they ever ask you, like, why are you asking me this? Yeah, I, I just flipped it on them. I was like, yeah, I just, I was, just, I'm very curious. I just want to know, and um, I'm just working on something. But I never told them that mm. I was working on this kids' book. It was until I like had the actual product, and I surprised them with it recently. That's awesome because there's a lot of people who talk, <laughs> including me. You know, I'm, like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to write this story. I'm going to do this project. I'm going to do all this shit but we never get around to doing it. And it's, it's powerful when you don't talk about it and you just do the work. And then one day you're just like, Bap, here you go. Yeah, it right? happened. Yeah. It happened. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. I think to your point, like for me, when I um, put it out there, right, there's this extra weight 
um, and people might be like expecting it. And like, that's the question that comes up in conversations when I see family again. And I didn't want that added pressure. Um, I just, you know, I was already passionate about it. So I, I decided during the pandemic, I had this time back to, to really commit to this. Um, I wrote it even in like my bucket list journal to like wow. do something like this in 2016 and being able to see that now and like have this book come to fruition was a really, really cool feeling. Um, but in the in-between, right? Like writing a book is is no joke. I, I really didn't no. under- realize just, you know, the time I had with my illustrator, the back and forth, the details, um, all of the the editing, you know, it, it, it took a lot of time. This is like uh, long nights, sa- Saturdays and Sundays committed to this for the past few years. So um, and, I just wanted I, that to keep it my own thing until yeah. it actually was like, okay, this is, this is happening. Like I, I'm in the final stages. And it's crazy too, because it's a children's book and children's book are very short. You know, it's a few pages, really, if you think about it. And it took yeah. years to accomplish, which is, and, and, you know, when I think about your book, it's like this, it's like, what's really hard about design work or story work or whatever is getting shit simple, simplifying everything. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing, you know, obviously, you know, we, we all know the refugee stories from our parents, and, but how do you know what to put in and what not to put in? Right. How do you simplify yeah. that? That's a big problem and a big part of every designer's process, whether you're an architect or a movie director or a story writer. You're always even chefs. You got to figure out what is the most mm-hmm. simplistic thing to do here to create the most impact because it's economy of like white space. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just going through this experience and um, all the the steps it took to produce a book. Oh, gosh, I have so much um, admiration for like the other book authors out there yeah. who are in more than one book. Um, it, it's a lot of work, but rewarding, of course, at, at the end. Definitely. So yeah. how did you know what to keep and what not to keep? Um, that's a good question. I think um, even today, I think a lot about how this book isn't you know, there could be so many iterations of this book. There is a lot of detail that um, I left out, um, but it is finding this balance of like, is this appropriate for a kid's book? Um, I did that research of like, what's the average word length, the text hmm. number for certain age groups, um, but also balancing like my uh, goal to capture my parents' story. And like, I wanted um, the details to be in the book. So it's finding that balance. I, I went through a lot of Google edits. Like I, I have like more than 10 versions and um, I did share it with like some a small group of friends and family to get their feedback as well through the process and connecting it to, you know, just my Google and research of what is age appropriate. Um, but in the book, they, like I, I think I, I really made it a priority to one capture, you know, like getting my family's names correct um knowing like where they this the specific city the name of like my grandparents fabric store I wanted that detail in the book um and there's also like an educational component when you go through my book of like knowing um you know the refugee camp that my mom went to and how it was one of the biggest hubs of refugees back then I think that was also important to me to include in the book because as I think through like who is reading this book I wanted them to have that exposure and maybe you know if 
it's one kid that like Google's more and, you know, it could be an opportunity to, to learn more too. Yeah. I, I found that these little details that you included in the book were amazing. Uh, these are things that like, for example, you have this um, explanation of Mok Lung Vang, right? Which is, mm-hmm. a, how do you spell it? Tehel, Tehel? T-A-E-L. Yeah. In Vietnamese, it's Luong. Um, so it's like the gold currency back then because we didn't have bills or coins. Um, so that was the payment of currency. Yeah, and it's crazy because, you, you yeah. know, growing up, I, I kept hearing Luong Vang and I always thought it's a one ounce gold, but it's not. It's not an ounce of gold. It's a some weird uh, measurement, some me- weird yeah. metric. And you you break it down. You you explain sort of like this is the equivalent of what it is. And this is and it makes me go, well, where did that come from? And it, it sparks my curiosity and inspires me to go and, you know, Google like, OK, the etymology of that word. Yeah. and <laughs> How did it come into our existence? And this That's is how cool. we traded. So mm-hmm. I think this is like, you know, it's it's awesome. And, you know, there's millions of, of refugee stories and, you know, there's um so many retellings of, of of refugee stories throughout a lot of culture and uh to have our very own is a very special thing and i mm-hmm. um the more that i think about it um the more i think that every family should have this in their in their library you know all vietnamese kids should understand like this was something this is a a framework of what we went through as a people and mm-hmm. to get it exposed at an early age, because by the time, you know, we, our kids are a little bit older, uh, these stories might not be around to come yeah. out of the grandparents' mouth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that was, I think, the pandemic, you know, it, it was a lot of, con- I won't get into that piece, but I was very lucky to have this time back to like really reflect on um you know, what mattered to me, the importance of family and, you know, my own values, which connected to like, let's, let's create this book because I'm seeing my parents get older every day, um, their ability to, you know, really share the details. It's going to change in the next few years. So like you said, yeah, I think it's important to capture in some way to, to retell to our kids. Yeah. Now, this is going to lead into a little bit more sensitive uh, waters here. Um, and I've been grappling with this uh, idea for, for a while. Um, I understand this idea of calling uh, the month of April, Black April. Um, and I understand the pain, the devastation, the loss, all of it from all of our families, including my family. Many, many mm-hmm. lives in, 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 in Vietnam and uh, were lost uh, on both sides. and. Um, particularly for the U.S. Uh, Vietnamese Americans, um, we call it a day of mourning, April 30. You know, and I can honor that. I understand it. Um, but as I am journeying through the growth and evolution of our Vietnamese culture in the United States, I uh, am now being confronted with other viewpoints uh, to refine or redefine this narrative, reshape this narrative of such a dark day you know, mm. is there any way, and I'm going to use, and I'm not going to use the word celebrate it. I'm going to use the way, the word honor it. Can we honor it in a different way? Is there, do you think that there's a, a different possibility? And I ask you as a, as a peer to peer, somebody who's um, in the space of curiosity as well with me, not somebody who is um, challenging or, you know, trying to create controversy. I just want to know. If yeah. We, is there something that we can redefine and maybe you can go back to your parents, but I want to know right now, do you have, 
any ideas about that? Yeah, it's an interesting question um, that, that gets me thinking for sure. Because um, like you said, it is a day of mourning when we think about, um, you know, the trauma and all the, the all, you know, they, they went through a lot and, um, you know, the pirate attacks and like what it was like to be out at sea and that experience for a lot of people. Um, yeah, but I, I think there, there definitely is this window of opportunity to also, um, like you said, reframe it because it, depending on who, who you talk totally, to, right? Totally, exactly. Was <laughs> what I was going to say, um, uh, that's not my narrative, you know, almost it's not. It's, yeah. it's certainly in my family history. It's certainly in my, on, we're on a certain side of history. Yeah. Certainly it's there, but me personally, it's not the way I, I look at it or I'm growing out of it. I'm, I'm, mm. it's, it's metamorphosing into some other meaning. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a day of celebration, but it's definitely yeah. a day to honor a new narrative and a new growth. Um mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm I, starting that. I'm starting to trying to figure out like, what, what is that? What do we as a community, what can we um, start to reshape? Yeah. It gets me thinking of like, you can't honor it without that acknowledgement of what happened. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first comes that acknowledgement of all those stories and understanding why there are people who are mourning on this day, but then also having this acknowledgement of like where we are today as a Vietnamese community and the stories that we can learn about of like, you know, refugees in the States and other, other countries around the world and what that experience has led to today. Um, so it's finding that connection and, and talking about it. And yeah. Yeah. I bring it up because it's in your book. You, you, you call it out black mm, uh, April mm-hmm, and you explain mm-hmm. it in one of these um the, the facts box. The that, fall of Saigon. That, yeah. Yeah. And you have it in there. So I, you know, it, it triggered a memory in, in me to say, or it triggered a question in my brain to say, Hey, um, can we, can we discuss this? And how do you think your parents would answer that, that, um, that question? Uh, is it something that we can redefine? How do you think they would feel? Yeah. I'm very curious like this is something I want to ask both my mom and dad um, because as a kid growing up they this experience and day it it wasn't a good one right that's why they chose to leave and I also think there might be a part of them where I was like yeah but look where we are now as a family and where we are today and you know the life that you guys get to live because of that Um, but I also want to acknowledge that isn't the narrative Every, narrative yeah. for a lot of people for everybody yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely yeah. probably people living in extreme pro- poverty as a result of that day um people who have uh, not risen to the um the levels of other people around them and mm-hmm. you know have perished in their whatever their mental health and probably have been very you know living in dire situations but you know, I you, you you hear about so many other stories of families succeeding in in such um, massive ways in the United States and and abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that gets into probably other conversations of like why that is. Um, 
it kind of connects back to that that text box that you called out in my book. Um, one of the reasons that I was curious about like, oh, how much did it cost for my mom to get on that boat? Because I think through um, class yeah. as well um, within Vietnam. And, you know, for a certain while, when you look at American history and um, who the United States let into the States, it was definitely uh, selective, right? So I think through the wave of people coming in, the wave of people who didn't get to go in, like connecting that, like who was it that was able to really get this opportunity to leave? And um, I know I don't have the full context and I'm not fully educated on it, but it it, it just sparked my curiosity. It was like, was only people who could afford this to like leave the country. And it got me thinking, that's why I did that research. There were were people who were sent back. Um, I know that, you know, through talking with some other people mm. at that time, there I think there were a good 15 to 20,000 people sent back from the camps uh, in Hong Kong or Malaysia uh. or, or Thailand because they couldn't pass the interviews and they were sitting there for years. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm not getting the yeah. details right, but I know for yeah. a fact that there are people, thousands of people returned back because they didn't have like a political position. They weren't yeah. like, you couldn't define them as refugees. They weren't really quote unquote, like they didn't have a reason to leave. Right. Yep. It was just because they found that, you know, the country was like in dire straits economically and they got on a boat. But mm-hmm. by the time that they hit these interview stations uh, to leave the camps, the interme- intermediary camps of like Hong Kong and, and Thailand, they were turned down by certain countries. And then so yeah. they had nowhere to go and they have to go back. There's a yeah. lot of that, a lot of that happening. Yeah, so kind of connecting to like why that is, like, is that fair? And yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But these are things that there's so many things that are not discussed. And it's not discussed because uh, people are trying to hide it. It's just there's small details that people like you and me, we find interesting. But sometimes the whole world doesn't, you know, find it. It's small details that that are minuscule, Mm -hmm. they're trivial um, things like... uh, you know, what happened to all the people that, you know, got sent back, you know, yeah. you know, did they, they find a jail? sponsor? Yeah. 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 There's a lot totally. of that. What did you, um, can you tell me about how your parents experienced the first time you presented the book and how did you do it? Yeah. So, um, like I said, so it was a surprise. I, I, I kept it a surprise for a while. Um, and I surprised them this past Christmas. Um, part of me was just like, really like it's Christmas. It's perfect. Like gift giving. Um, so I drove home. I'm, I'm in LA. They live in Orange County. Um, and I drove down, um, one day it was like a random weekend. It finally like came through the printers. Um, I decided to actually write this handwritten letter. Um, explaining to them um, what I did, um, the reason behind it. Uh, For me growing up, like I think the way we communicate, we're not really expressive when it comes to our feelings. So that's why I decided to write it in a letter. Um, We we didn't really say like, oh, I love you. And, you know, like now we do, but back then it just wasn't how we grew up. Um, But anyway, I wrote in a letter. Um, We were in the kitchen. It was very intimate. 
Um, and I, I essentially said like, this is your early Christmas present. And, and they wrote the letter, um, in silence. Um, and it, it was a really cool thing to experience. I, uh, I was very nervous cause I didn't know how they would react as, you know, this is a book that I just, um, it's about them. Uh, part of me was like, I hope they, you know, I get yeah. approval and they, and they like yeah. it. Um, yeah, and their reaction was was really um, shock. They're surprised. They're like, "Wow, this book is about me." It took time for my dad to like understand as he flipped through the first few pages. Like, oh, this is like my family, these names, and um, it, I think it. A few days later, like my my dad called me and was like, "Wow, like I can't believe that mm. you did this," and um, it, it was a really special moment. Um, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I'll be honest with you. If my daughter did that to me, I think I would like die on, on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like faint and I would just die and pass out from happiness. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think it's, this is just, my parents have done so much for us. Yeah. And this is like one small thank you. Um, Cause like, as I, I reflect back on like the type of life I've been afforded here in the States getting to go to like a good school district and um, being able to grow up with my extended family as well. Like all that kind of stems to what my parents did. Um, so yeah, it's important mean, to like remember and, and, it's <laughs> and, special, it a book. and it's special. And I'll be honest, that's why you're sitting here and we're talking because I think that's such a more than the this the, the putting of the book together more than the story itself of refugees more than all of that i think the thing that touches me the most is having a daughter write that and feeling so moved to spend years to put something like that together i mean i can feel it because i have a daughter so so <laughs> that's why i i connect to to this scenario so much is because yeah. More than any of the cultural aspects of all of this, it's like, you know, men and women of my generation want to give our parents a fucking fuck you, you know, and, and I'm just being honest here. I'm yeah, just being yeah. really honest here. You know, some of our parents are assholes. I'll be honest. And it's not sometimes when we dig back in, it's not their fault. You know, it takes years to process mm. this. You know, my mom, my mom's mom was not nice to her, but after years of, you know, kind of like listening and understanding where my grandmother came from, you know, the harshness, everybody yeah. was like that. They were all like that. And then to yeah. see this current generation of you doing something like this, and you just said, I just want to show a little thank you, you know, and I'm like, many of us want to give a big fuck you to our, you know, to our parents. Um, and, and, there comes a time where all of the trauma needs the reckoning and, and to kind mm. of figure it out. But it's a beautiful thing to arrive at a point where like some young child is giving what you even think is a small thank you. Well, you just said it's a small thank you. So I'm very emotionally moved by this um, story, mm. the story within the story, right? The story yeah. of how it, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> uh, beautiful thanks. to me. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, my parents, you know, they're human. They have flaws like myself. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's separate. But with the book, I just, um, yeah, it, it was just really important to me to, yeah. to do. <laughs> and, and now how does, how do you think, um, 
How do you think your parents um, think about your curiosity for their journey? I haven't asked them that ver like verbatim, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, I would hope that they can see my curiosity through, um, you know, creating this book and knowing that it, I'm just beginning. I think I'm still in this early journey of really understanding, um, you know, my culture. And, you know, I've been asking my, my mom more about Vietnamese dishes and, you know, for wow. a while. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that, I feel like I'm still in this self-discovery and trying to think through how this will translate to like the next generation and like with my kids one day. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, that's a good question. I, I would want to ask my parents that. Um, Cause the funny thing is like with at least my parents, they don't talk about it voluntarily. I think it's once you ask them, they're like open book. My dad will talk on and on about, you know, his experience in Vietnam now or growing up. Um, but they don't like voluntarily talk about it. So I think people are willing to share, you know, what they've been through and, you know, sharing the stories. It's just a matter of like that curiosity and having that dialogue and talking to people about it. At least that's my, my own experience with my parents. Yeah. Now, how can people get this book? Um, yeah, so I have a website. It's lesliewinwrites.com. So um, if you're interested, yeah, that's how you can you can order a copy. Very cool. I, um, you know, we live in a day and age now where we can, um, you know, these books are print to order or order to print or something like that. Um, and there is an ability for us to like change things. And, you know, do you think that certain parts of the book will be changed as a result of you living for the next, you know, few years, will you modify it uh, as, as time, or are you going to keep it the way it is and not do anything? I mean, I, I ask this because I, I want to hear how um, I guess preserving something mm. that we think is the truth at one point in our life, you know, things change. We, we pick up more yeah. information and we, we see things differently. Are you going to always keep this book the same or are you going to change it as you go because it's a print order or order to print? Uh, yeah, book? the demand. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a closed door. You know, things change. Um, talk to me next year. It might be different. So I, I would like to keep that door open. Um, I also think um this is version one there might be a version two there's a lot of detail and information that i'm sure i don't know about my parents story that i could one day want to like embed and, and put in the book um and that's like the beauty of it right like version yeah. one version two so I, I can definitely see um another version in the future yeah we we live in such a beautiful day and age where we can have these ideas for story and we can just like go to print and get this to um a publisher like a self-publishing place and and mm -hmm. do it i mean mm -hmm. you know on, on on my podcast there's big writers like you know um people who are in huge publishing uh, contracts and you know and then there's uh children's books like yours and yeah value the whole spectrum uh, the expression of what um, anybody has uh, in their mind and putting it out there. And, and, you know, so many times like the story that's happening behind the story is so fascinating as well. And I like yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, absolutely. I think I just learned so much these past few years because um, I wouldn't say I'm a very like I, I'm creative, but when I wouldn't define myself just yet as like the artist that I seek to be one day, like I, I think I'm more of a logical, like I, I studied science in college and asked me five years, 10 years ago, I was like me, a, a kid's book author. I, I don't think I would have um, said that 10 years back. Uh, and just like the journey and just all the steps required to creating this book, um, tons of Google Docs, tons of calls with my parents, you know, capturing like all the content, um, the research behind a book. Uh, yeah, it was a really cool and rewarding experience. Hard, but good. <laughs> the, and the beauty of creativity is that it's a journey and it yeah. is a lifelong journey if you can really attach yourself to the practice of creating and you know it, it only gets better it doesn't get worse yeah and I think it, it's it's been a really cool journey seeing kind of the aftermath of once I published this and uh, I shared it with my parents first and then like my smaller circle and you know seeing conversations come out of reading this book has been so rewarding um, and you know that sparked their conversations to have you know, learn about their parents and what they've been through. Um, so it's really cool. Like this came from uh, a book. Yeah. I mean, as uh, the day April 30 is around the corner again, you know, this is a good way for people to, uh, you know, put it into their kids' uh, minds. Uh, this is what your grandparents went through, or this is, you know, what, what you know, um, a previous generation harrowing uh escape mm -hmm. uh journey um and this is the place that we all come from most of us come yeah. from yeah. yeah yeah leslie thank you so much um today was uh fantastic uh you were such a um you know a, a grounded young person that has this wonderful heart to give back to your uh your parents you know your inner circle first and then that kind of that love uh, extends to the bigger community. And I hope that more people um, find your book and get interested in the story of, um, you know, the, the, the refugee, the Vietnamese refugees. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, and thank you for your time and um, just giving me the space to talk more about um, everything that we, yeah, all the different topics connected to this book. And I hope yeah. to see many, many more uh, books coming from you. And I tell every author or artist that comes on, I'm like, this is what it's about. This is our time. We want to create and we want to create more space for this. And, you know, I would love to have you back on the podcast someday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, this is just a start. We need more and more Vietnamese authors and um, people in media. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Crystal Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcast. Thanks again for listening.